another episode. Today we have Ben, and I have known Ben since like high school. So we've been wanting to get Ben on this podcast for a while, but timing just didn't work out. And we had other guests come up, but he was one of our um, number one listeners in the beginning. I remember you listening to a couple of them when we first came out with the podcast. So he's an OG. Love that. We love the dedication. It's crazy. Like, can you believe January is going to be two years, Wantka? That's really crazy. Wow. Two years. I, I, I heard that you had started that. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool for you guys. You're actually doing something and I'm just sleeping a bunch, <laughs> not doing anything. I mean, we were doing that too. You know, <laughs> especially Avantka. Especially Avantka. Whoa. You're not wrong. But whoa. Well, you know, at least. Well, can you remind me of your majors again? It's International far above my pay grade. Is mine and Avantika Psych and Neuroscience. I yeah, so you're, yes, your your majors are more much more suited for online mm-hmm. than being a music major. In that fact, is true. I got super lucky because I took OCHEM online, and that meant all the tests were open note, open textbook, open everything. I would not have passed that class if it wasn't online. So it worked out. Yeah, I don't think I really reaped any benefits besides just being able to like overload my classes and get a ton of stuff done so I Mm -hmm. took advantage in that way but yeah yeah because we only started it second semester of freshman year too so the whole first semester well we started the end of we recorded our first episode in November December so Mm -hmm. it was the end of first semester yeah so Ben do you want to introduce yourself yes major where you're from what you hate about Avantika. <laughs> what, uh, what, right into it. <laughs> so, uh, what, what name of my major do you want me to specify? Cause there, there are two, um, um whichever music, one music, music that. education is okay. what it is. And the geniuses that oversee the Herberger Institute decided to change it to music learning and teaching. Yeah. Which you love so we, so, so we, we all refer to it as music ed. But our diplomas and what they put up in our classrooms will always and forever say music learning and teaching. Do you know why they made that change? Because it was recent and it doesn't make any sense. I think it sounds more official. It's because you as a teacher are learning, which is completely accurate. I mean, you you learn just as much. The whole whole phrase is of teachers learning just as much as the students do from the teachers is totally, totally accurate. Right. Um. But, but like that's for they, any major. I feel like exactly. We're always constantly I, I worried. feel like they just did that because they were worried Stanford was going to pass them on the innovative list. And <laughs> literally, you no, know, I think I think that was the last thing that pushed us ahead and kept our number one spot. Yeah. And so saxophone's your right. main instrument, right? Mm-mm. No, no. Oh, I do, I do. So I okay. Hi, I'm Ben Chapel. I should have said my name. Um. <laughs> So I, I've done a fantastic job over the past eight-ish years at tricking just about everybody about what my main instrument is. Because if you ask some high school friends, they'll tell you a clarinet. If you ask college friends, they'll say saxophone. Even even some of the players in the clarinet studio with me mm-hmm. will go, oh, he's a saxophone guy. He's just doing clarinet. Well, even if you ask some high school people, they'll also say saxophone because you played that too in high school. That's that's true. Um, so, yeah. B-Fog Garnet is my main. Um, and then junior year of high school, I added Barry Sax um, yeah, in the jazz band, which is a really big leap. Not a lot of 
students do clarinet to Barry Sachs, but, and then, let's see, I did a little bit of tenor and alto work just about the time that I started Barry, but I took on Barry full-time. Why was Barry where you jumped instead of like alto? Because I, so December of sophomore year was the auditions for junior year jazz band. And my friend, Avantika, you know Chandler, um, mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to do tenor because I just wanted something different. Clarinet was kind of boring me out. And I was, I was, I was playing like octaves and register stuff when I picked up the horn the first day. And I had just been ahead of everybody else. And I wanted, you know, just what every other uh, teenage boy wants is a giant metal gold honky instrument to play. <laughs> so I, I just said, hey, it's tenor. It's it's in B flat. What the heck? I'll learn it three weeks before the audition and see what that happens. Because we were going to have two jazz bands. And I sat, and then I thought, there's a chance. What the heck? Um, and then I did not come close to making tenor <laughs> at either band. And the director at the time, Miss Trent, um, she reached out to me via email and was like, Hey, you didn't pass the, the tenor part, but I, I have an open spot on Barry, um, that I'd love to give you in the top jazz band. And I was like, done. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I, but my first, in, my first instinct was, Oh my gosh, Isaac, um, mm -hmm. auditioned on Barry and did not get it. He was the only Barry oh. player to audition and she did not give it to him but gave it to the pl clarinet player that had touched sax for about three weeks. Oh, no, I didn't know the backstory of that. Yeah, so I I, I didn't approach Isaac immediately because I knew he really wanted it. Um, and so then he didn't do jazz band the next year, but then he ended up, since Wilson, I ended up leaving jazz his uh, my senior year, which I think he was a junior that year. He ended up doing bass. So he, in, in the end, I think he was probably more happy um, doing bass than Barry, but that's kind of how... I played out. And then yeah. he was also section leader for the saxophones. All saxes, right? Altos and Yeah, so that was that was that was an interesting uh yeah. time. Junior year I was still the clarinet section leader. I'd marched clarinet for that that being my third year and um all of my friends being in the sax section, I was the worst clarinet section leader ever. <laughs> Hung out with the saxes all the time. To the point where to go, they'd go, hey, Ben, aren't we going to warm up? I'm like, and I'd look down. Oh, yeah, I play the clarinet. Shoot. Sorry, guys. I got to go. <laughs> so there was some discourse, and I felt bad about it because I did not like the clarinet section leader before me, so I vowed to change things and ended up just making things infinitely worse. Mm. So then I decided to fix the problem and just leave. Um, <laughs> and so Chandler graduated, and was fun to be around. Not a whole lot of teaching and discipline stuff going on there. Um, they were all acting about the maturity level of an eight-year-old through the they whole. They had season. such a bad rep in the band. Like everyone talked shit about the saxes. Cause it was like, oh, the saxes. Oh, oh, the saxes are. You know, the there they strike again. In my school, it was in my high school. It's the trumpets were always misbehaving. Mm hmm. And so well, then, you know, trumpets at every school misbehave. It's just about the level of yeah. how much they misbehave. Well, they were always the worst. They were always the worst. We were actually, we did not get in trouble. We were very, like, because it's either, like, I feel like there's two extremes of saxophone players. There's either the really, like, hyper crazy ones, and then there's the really chill ones that, mm -hmm. like, you know, do the bare minimum and, like, are very quiet sort of thing. 
Um, and I feel this like high school, we were really slanted towards the chill side um, for saxophones. And I feel like that's the same for SDMB too. Like we're not crazy at all. At least altos. I can't speak for the low reads, but altos were very chill. Different story with the low reads. <laughs> that's 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 a mixed bag. I'm not in it this year, but the last two years, it can... <laughs> what made you pick music ed as a major? Um... It was it was marching band at Hamilton. Um, I just enjoyed the activity first off, and I got to run a couple sectionals as a sophomore, and I was like, I I love this. I love creating music, um, working with students, even if they were older than me at the time. Um, I helped with uh, my mom teaches uh, elementary general music in uh, fifth and sixth grade band oh, here in Chandler, and for the past almost 10 years now they've had a drum club over there and it's really open to anybody, anybody, whether you can read music, have percussion experience, don't, I mean, anybody who wants to do it can do it. Um, we've got all sorts of mallet percussion, uh, drums. I mean, you name it, but we have really an influx of resources at Tarwater and I got to help out with that as well and, and teach younger kids. Um, and that was just really fun. It wasn't, I think at first it kind of came from a place of I feel comfortable bossing people around. <laughs> I was like, oh, why not? Why not just do this for the next thirty years? But that, but then it became actually helping students grow, and I, I kind of view, especially being a music ed major, not just like a social studies or English ed. I think a lot of a lot of students in grade school do activities like band or maybe orchestra or art or uh, PE for those that enjoy PE, um, kind of as a break in the day. Like they don't want, they don't want to come to band and have that be another lecture, take a quiz, submit 10 videos over the semester of playing tests. And like, they don't want, they want to come and play some music, have a good time and use that as their break. A lot of times band is in the middle of the day and lunch band, that's their break in the day. And they don't, they don't want to have to go through another science class inside their band classroom. And so I kind of am using that as part of the lens of which I teach through and, Hey, I want to make music and I want to be good for them and have them uh, really advance themselves as students. But at the same time, using that class to help them along and help them grow as people as well. Yeah. That's one of the unique opportunities of being a music teacher too, is just that the nature of how, what the class is like, it's there's personal growth within that class in a way that you obviously don't get in an English class or a math class or a science class. Mm -hmm. And like so many people say, like point to high school band is like where they kind of came into themselves and figured out who they were. So definitely it's a lot of power. around. You have the power to shape young people. Sometimes, sometimes too much power and too much responsibility. Um, But I, but it's, I think high school marching band, especially it just, it changes kids and it helps them grow up even in Definitely. what a normal season is about five to six months. I mean, mm-hmm. cause I, I work at Hamilton on their marching band staff right now. And I've seen that, that group come together as a family and, and grow individually as well. Um, it helps, it helps students learn like discipline and time management skills with the whole 15 minutes early is on time thing. And, committing to a hard activity and pushing through and, you know, realizing that things are not always going to go your way. And sometimes even with the people that you love, you're going to hate them for about a month Mm -hmm. and then you're going to get to the end of the season and push through and go, wow, we really accomplished something together. We worked hard and then 
and you just grow as people and you, because even if you're not in a leadership role in marching band, especially high school marching band, everybody still takes on some responsibility, Definitely. More, yeah. just more than playing your music and learning a drill. Everybody takes on some responsibility, whether that's maybe in a leadership role or maybe you're helping with props or set up tear down or no matter what it is, maybe you're printing out music as a librarian or, you know, anything like that. That's yeah. marching band, especially high school marching band is a great place for, um, students to really just find safety and find a home. Avantika, I don't know if I've ever asked you this. Did you ever think about being a teacher music ed? Because obviously like you love kids and like you've been in leadership for years and years I, and years. When I was really young, like elementary school, I thought about a teacher because I already had those innate values of, I think like helping others and wanting to be in a leadership role and, guiding other people. But as I started taking actual classes and being in high school, I realized that I wasn't, I, I don't think the teacher route is for me, but I still really do enjoy leadership roles. I definitely never thought about music at it all. Cause I wouldn't say music's my forte, but I do like taking leadership roles. And of course I love band and I've been doing it forever. Um, but yeah, Mr. Ben has perfect pitch over here. And so that, really? that's advantageous for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... And then... I, I, I Just following up on that, I I did not know that I had it until like freshman year of high school. I, oh I would we, we would drive in the car and listen to pop songs on the radio and I'd, I'd just blurt out to my mom, who's a music music teacher and a band teacher, like, oh, why, why do all these songs use like three and four flats. My mom is like to this 10 year old. What? Yeah. What, what do you mean? What do you mean? The song has four flats. What are you talking about? That you're not supposed to know that kind of stuff. What? We haven't even talked about that in sixth grade band. Like, how do you know that that's four flats? So, okay. There'd be little, there, there would be little instances like that, maybe in the car or maybe at mm. home or whatever. And then there would be other instances like my mom singing like an Ed Sheeran song in like, a different key. Mm. And, and I'd be like, you're not singing that right. And she goes, what do you mean? You know, I'm not singing it right. I go, well, you're singing the right words and the right rhythms, but it's not the wrong, it's not the right pitch. So then I'd walk over the piano and play the starting notes and stuff. And she'd go, okay. So she'd kind of log that into her brain and, and about freshman year, she goes, okay, I think you have perfect pitch. So what I'm hearing is you're a prodigy. I, I'll take Not it. To I'll take it. my own horn. But. <laughs> and so I, so then my reaction to that was, okay, cool. Like, I, 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 it's, 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 it's one of those things. Talent. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things like, and I, I, I would say that I'm an athletically inclined person and I can just pick up a ball and be good at any sport. And so it was one of those things similar to that where it's like, everybody just can't hear the pitch. Is that not just a normal thing? And so I was totally oblivious. Worse than me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so, and so go through high school and the whole perfect pitch thing. And I don't say a whole lot about it. Um, Jabril knows it. Um, Mm -hmm. And so then your party trick, I think like at, like when people ask for your party trick, you need to like use that. Like hit a spoon against the cup or something. And be like, what was that? (laughs) What was Well, there's, so, you know, do you guys know how to break a, like a wine glass or. I know there's a certain frequency you have to get. Yeah. So if you, if you, if you tap it, like use it like a spoon and tap it or whatever, 
and you you hear the pitch, you hold it up to your ear, and you hear the pitch, and you match the pitch exactly. Now, because every glass is different because it, there's different dimensions of each glass, so the pitch is going to be different. So if you match that pitch right on at the right octave, the glass will absolutely shatter. So I and I just learned this recently. So that might be my next. That be I'm not a party guy. If I ever did, that might be my party trick. Next Milo house, I expect you to break a glass. (laughs) (laughs) That that would be. um, So then, so then I went into college knowing I had perfect pitch and knowing that oral skills was going to be a nightmare, not because it was going to be hard. It was it was a cakewalk but because I needed to make sure I kept this a secret from my professors and the students, more importantly, because I was going to, there was going to be no shortage of death stares that came my way in oral skills. Uh-huh. So I kept it, I kept it quiet all through 2020 because we were online and I hardly showed up to any classes because there was no attendance policy and I still got 98s in, the, in music theory. And so then we finally got back in person for 21 and we're in person and I'm just doing these things. I hear everybody complaining and there's not much I can do to really help them because I'm not in that position to problem solve. Okay, if I can't hear this, what should I do? Like All I just hear it. I be better. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to get in front of a piano for an hour and play the note a thousand times and finally register that in my brain. I'm not going to do that. And so then students would get me would would see me in class doing the things that I did. And so I think some students started to catch on, but they didn't say anything. Hmm. And then. Mr. Blabbermouth Joel, who's in my oral skills class, who has learned learn pitch, so he's got pretty close to perfect pitch. He just learned it because he's there's it. It's not common, but it's not uncommon for jazz people to have that kind of learn pitch because you have to listen so much and you you're you're always changing. You have to know what the chords are and you have to know all that stuff. Playing from a young age too. Yeah, yeah, and so he 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 has some learned pitch, and so we got about. Uh, about seven or eight weeks into the fall semester last year, and he blabs out to Anastasia, our TA, that, oh, yeah, this guy has perfect pitch and points to me, and everybody looks back. I'm sitting at the back of the class, and I just kind of, like, sink down under my seat and, like, okay, can I leave now, please? So did you ever try faking it in the beginning, like getting things wrong on purpose just so you wouldn't look good? No, too much of an ego thing. You can't do that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can't Um, make it that far. Well, and, and... so then the cat was out of the bag at that point. And so then Joel and I went along just doing what we did. We let everybody else in the class answer. And and then I think it was April of 22, so a few months ago at the end of the year, um, we were doing a listening example. And Joel and I purposefully gave incorrect answers mm, in class verbally. And everybody was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Yep, yeah, mm-hmm, absolutely. Oh, and every mess time we'd everyone give an up. answer, oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. every time we'd give an answer, Anastasia would look at us and go. But everyone else would go. Okay, and then they'd, they'd write it down. Okay, whatever. And so then, so then we finished writing it up on the board, and Anastasia was like, wow, you all really let these two bozos trick you. It's not even remotely close to what was played. And everybody just started laughing and then just being like, what the heck? We we played many tricks. Well, and then we, so in oral skills, there are dictation quizzes. So they play it, they play like an eight bar phrase or whatever. And we have to write down the rhythm and the pitches. So we just have to write down what we hear on staff paper. And so 
they'd usually give us like four or five listings to get it done because it's not, it's not easy. Even people with perfect perfect pitch, you still have to get rhythms, and and it takes more than like one or two tries always. Yeah. And so we were done by the third listening, and so we were just we we're just sitting there in the class, just waiting for the last two listings. And so then Joel and I, who are somewhat fluent in trumpet, we were on opposite sides of the class, and during the listening example, we just did trumpet fingerings to each other. On, like, what the things were being played? Yeah, yeah, just oh playing along God. with what was being played. We just did trumpet fingerings, and we were just so done with it. This and episode Anastasia... is just Ben flexing for 40 minutes straight, I think. Yeah, that's the title. <laughs> ben is better than everyone else. <laughs> Apparently. I know this is and... this is probably a very dangerous question to ask you, um, but what sports, what are your main sports to play? And favorite ones to watch. Ooh. Because <laughs> once I get you going, I know you're not going to shut up about it. So I need to that's, be that's fair. Um, you probably I would say, I would say the, <clears throat> yeah, I would say the sport I'm probably best at is baseball, just because I did it for seven, eight years. Um, probably the most fun to play is football. I've been getting into basketball a little bit lately. I enjoy watching pretty much any sport except soccer. Um, mm-hmm. It's, what it's, it's, you don't tennis? Watch I'd watch it. I don't appreciate how soccer is just a worse version of hockey. There <laughs> are there are less shots on goal, and hockey they are like on the verge of killing each other. And all you have to do is just look at a soccer player, and they're on the ground writhing <laughs> in pain. Oh yeah, you're right. Definitely. See, I've gotten into soccer like watching it, and now I don't like regularly watch it, but like definitely like. I watch some of the World Cup qualifying games and stuff like that. And I do in like, and there is such thing as an exciting soccer game. Like they're not all dull. And so like exciting ones are definitely interesting to watch. And I am going to watch a decent amount of the World Cup. So I was going to say the only time I ever watch soccer is during the World Cup. And that's only because my parents have it on. So whenever I go downstairs, I see it. It's, Does India funny, have a little... soccer team? No, no. <laughs> my my little brother played soccer for eight years mm-hmm. and we don't watch any soccer in the house i would one of the things i would like like about soccer is one of the is one of the reasons that i like i prefer college football over the nfl is like the atmospheres are just so you can't replicate the atmospheres in soccer especially internationally because it's such an international, it's like the international sport. Yeah. And so you've got the whole country behind this one team and it's every, like everybody's livelihood and everybody just gets so into it. And oh, yeah. there's really no other sport in the world that can top the atmosphere at soccer games. Like, yeah, they're I think really that, like, unbelievable. Cause when I was in Ecuador, that was during the world cup. And that just like, so added to my experience of being there because I got to experience like the soccer culture for sure and like the having the whole family come over and watch the games and like watching the games during class and like just how very invested everyone is was into it I saw the same thing in Costa Rica too I can't remember if it was a qualifier or what but it was the Costa Rica versus United States game and that was really exciting and Costa Rica won while we were in Costa Rica in the Costa Rican stadium and so it was really cool yeah I'm gonna need to try and go on in France Mm-hmm. And I was going to say, I think soccer is not a very 
American sport. Like there's definitely in Europe, everyone watches it everywhere else in the world, basically. And so I understand why, like, you're not super into soccer, probably because it's never on the TV and you didn't watch it. Also, our men's team sucks. Like our women's team is obviously good, but our men's team is ass. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it stems from Americans getting tired of, of, then football, I mean, it's still fo- football around the, ro- around the world, but um, football, the American football that we know originally was football. Mm-hmm. They used, so if you take the, the shape of a, a, a football of today's game, right, where it's just the uneven, like, oval-type yeah. shape, yeah. it was originally, like, half a foot longer and much wider. Like, it was this, this big thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it started at, like, Yale and Rutgers, I think. And they really, they, they used their foot and they created the American version of soccer. And then about 30 years later, they got sick and tired of it and went, let's throw it. So then they went to a more modern version of football, but the forward pass was, that was not allowed yet. So basically rugby. Basically, honestly. And then they, they made the ball smaller. And then probably about 30 years after that, they finally invented the forward pass. And so football, American football stems from basically just boredom of soccer because football was originally football. That's why it was called. That's why it's called football. It originally started with the foot. And so I think that's kind of where it stems from is we created our own thing. And, and we have, we have a lot more sports as well. I mean, every country has a lot of sports, but like baseball is is huge in like japan and uh, south america or central america and some other places but it's it's america's pastime and and basketball is quickly becoming a global sport too but Mm -hmm. it didn't it nothing nothing comes close to soccer internationally like that's the main sport there's really nothing to compete with it and so that's why it's the main sport the big reason for that is because you need so many more resources for tennis and golf and you need basketball. equipment. Soccer, exactly. you literally just need a ball and oh. something to kick it into. Exactly. Yep. And so it's so universal. Anyone can do it. But mm-hmm. if you have to build a whole stadium with hoops in it and blah, 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 it becomes harder and more or less accessible. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's 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 one of those things where you like baseball players have to be affluent people. Mm-hmm. Because you need a bat, you need batting gloves, you need a glove, you need balls, you need helmets, you need baseball bags, you need cleats, you need baseball pants. Uniform. Like it, it, you need, you plays, need a lot of that equipment. My best friend plays softball, collegiate softball, and I asked her the other day. I was like, "Oh, how much do your bats cost?" And she told me, and I was like, "Oh my god! Like that's a piece of metal. Like that is a piece of metal. Like, I can't." Yeah. Like I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you're getting a ball. It's yeah. so much money. It's so much. And then. Money. And then once you get to a high enough level, like in, in, in baseball, once you get to the high school and college level, more and more kids are starting to use wood bats to get ready for the next level. And so those bats are going to splinter and break. And so you need backups. You can't just buy a new one when it breaks. You have to have another one ready right yeah. on the spot. And, she, and so then I you need like five like bats at the same time. bats last? And I was like, okay, so you're dropping like hundreds and hundreds of dollars basically like every six months. Like she's like, She's like, yeah, six months is six months is if I make it beyond six months, it's a, it's a good yep. cycle on the yep. back. And you need to, you need to constantly replenish your batting gloves because the, the fabric on the insides of the gloves are going to wear down over time. You're going to need oh, yeah. new ones. 
you're going to need new gloves because the, the padding is going to wear down and the seams are going to break. And, um, and you just need like two or three or four of just everything at a time. Oh yeah. It's, 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 it's crazy. Whereas like basketball, yes, you need hoops, but you need a ball. Soccer is even less. You just mm-hmm. need a ball. Football, you need a ball. Yeah. But it, yeah, it very much depends on where you're at economically and Definitely. just what do you have? Mm-hmm. We are running out of time. So let's do song of the week. Ben, I don't know if you need a minute to think about it, but what song have you been listening to a lot this week? Been loving, been on repeat. Ooh, um, I'm, I'm a country guy, so, um, I know that's, that's a hot take, but, um, we've talked um, about this in, in their house because three of them are oh, yeah. country guys, but some of them don't admit it. And then I say I'm a surface level country girl and then I get hate for that. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so um, I think, song, I think Dirk Bentley's a uh, new single gold. That's, that's, that's been a pretty fun one to listen to. Okay, Vontica, I'm ready if you don't know yours yet. Yeah, no, you go for it. I recently discovered the Serena Carpenter new album, English Music, I know, shocker. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been absolutely loving it, and so favorites from the album are Already Over and Read Your Mind are my two right now that I'm loving. Okay, I'm looking for this country song because like I always mention I listen to it on the radio and then I never know what its name is so I need to look it up you listen to it you're now listening to country radio yeah it's like a preset station in my car I know it's getting to be a problem oh no it's just I love the lyrics surface surface level oh my gosh yeah I'm getting there okay I can't find it but I think it's called tequila something. That's so vague. There's there's one that's about. yeah has tequila in the name. Um, tequila little oh, time tequila. John Party. Yeah, yeah, oh, sure. That sounds right. Probably. Okay. Well, thank you for being on the podcast, Ben. We appreciate it. We hope you had a good time. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having about me. The, the history of football. <laughs> yeah, we kind of <laughs> jumped everywhere, but it was fun. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Of course. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Staccato. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave us some stars and a review telling us what you think.